Okay, there we go. Yeah. Hi. Hi. Yeah. Hi. 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 We're here. Jeez. Hi. I'm here and you're here. Finally. It's all happening for us. I love it. I love it too. How are you? I'm good. It's been a week, man. (laughs) It's... Mm -hmm. It's been something, but I'm here now. I made it to Friday, and today was a super good day of work. And then I took Valkyrie out when I got home, and she was like, she ran into some of her like dog friends. And so I love the dogs was, have dog friends. Oh yeah, there's one that she looks for every oh, time we go to a specific so park. There's like a a cement divider. Um between like the actual dog friendly area and the beach, which everybody lets their dogs run on anyways. Yeah. And she'll always run up to it and put her paws up on it and look around for him. His name's Snoopy. And so she always looks for Snoopy whenever we go to that park and he was there today. And so they just run and run and run and run. And then we went to another park cause she was having so much fun and she played Frisbee and she fetched oh my the God. frisbee, and then she oh was fetching God. the ball, my and she's dream. never done that. She's never played fetch with us before, but she did, and she was having so much fun doing it, and it was so great. Wow, that is great. Congratulations. So a, that, and then this, and I had a great yoga today, and so it was just like, it was, today was rewarding me for making it through this week. <laughs> Yay, good. How are you? How was your week? Very long very long and I'm very glad to be at the end of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, just car saga uh, still. They yeah. towed him away, which was sad. <laughs> but like also, you know, not really. Cause like that car. We've had adventures in that car, man. That is certainly one word for it. <laughs> um, <laughs> We have yeah, I mean, questioned if we were going to make it home in that car multiple times. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, I mean, shit, that car got us through that blizzard when we drove 80 miles for Subway. <laughs> for Subway, I was just thinking about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was 100% sure that we were going to die <laughs> in that car <laughs> on that road. Uh, but, you know, we didn't, so... <laughs> Oh, also for those listening, we did not drive for the purpose of getting Subway. Right. Yeah, we, we drove, drove to Homer. And Homer was, like, beautiful in spring. And then we were like, oh, well, we've got an extra day, so let's drive to Seward. And, like, for you people who are not from Alaska, that's, like, three hours yeah, it's from Homer. Hours. But it's only, like, two hours from Anchorage. You just have to make, like, a little detour. And we were like, yeah, great. We'll do this. And we drove, and we drove straight into, like, deep winter. And it was, like, a horrible blizzard. And um, the entire town was closed except for Subway. So Literally just... everything in town was closed except for Subway. And so we just sat in my car and ate Subway. Like, we didn't eat in Subway. No. Mm-mm. It was terrible. And then we drove back into spring when we went to Anchorage. Like, it was just Seward that was in a horrible blizzard. And that was, like, that was the trip where we took Diego for his... Thousand mile? Thousand mile hit. Yeah, because yeah. I got a new car at 19. And then it turned out to be a piece of shit, because of course it did. <laughs> I mean. So, anyway, that was... It's been a long week for a lot of different reasons, but, um, ooh, wait, hang on. I want to send you a photo of how I'm looking right now. And then we'll see if I leave it in the podcast. Maybe you can put it on the Instagram. Heck yes. I'm currently sitting, um, cause my migraine has been really bad today. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm currently sitting in a 100% dark room. Um, and, you know, it's Alaska in the winter, so, like, the sun is already down and it's dark outside. Um, the only light is a lava lamp. And I have my beer. Oh, my God. And I'm sitting with my microphone in the dark wearing an Eeyore onesie because it was the coziest thing I could find. Yes. Wrapped up in a couple of blankets. Hang on. 
I'm sending you this photo. It's coming through the airwaves. That sounds so nice. Dude, it oh. is a dynamite time. <laughs> oh my God. See? Yeah, I'm cozy as please, shit. Please leave this in. I'm cozy as shit. Please leave this in. I love it <laughs> so much. I thought about like turning on some twinkle lights that I have and turning off the main light and getting all cozy. And then I realized that I would not be able to read the pencil on my piece of paper. Right. If I did yeah, that. See, another bonus of doing it on a computer. On a laptop. Yeah. It's a, I'll get there. I will get there. Also, what okay. kind of beer are you drinking? I am drinking. Um, I almost wasn't drinking anything. Cause I was like, my head kind of sucks. But then like after the week I've had, I was like, there's, no fucking way that I'm not drinking a beer. <laughs> so um, I am drinking the Hop Avenger IPA. Ah, uh, yes. It's from Voodoo Ranger. It is. It's pretty tasty. I don't know why I'm saying that. I haven't tasted a sip of it yet. It oh, could nice. be gross. I'm not, this isn't an endorsement. From my memory of it, it's really not bad. Yeah, but Evan likes it a lot. I remember. But I um. Sure. I'm drinking? drinking I'm drinking one of Trevor's beers. It's mm. um so the beer that his brewery is most famous for is a hazy IPA and they made yep. one with coffee in it. And so the the regular one is called Le Juice and this one is called Java Juice. Love it. And so I'm drinking a Java Juice and it's really really good. Nice. It's also nice because they brewed it or they canned it like two days ago ah and so fresh beer that fresh fresh you know Mm -hmm. it's real nice um also can confirm just took a sip delicious good beautiful i love it so um do you want to tell the people what we're about i would love nothing more people hi (laughs) we were bummed is the best way to put it truly bummed is the best word about just kind of the state of everything. Yeah. And always. I think I think if I were to dissect the word bummed, I think what I was feeling is helpless. Yeah. You know, like there's so much happening and so much of it is negative and a lot of it is negative against women. And I just mm-hmm. felt overwhelmed and helpless. And so Taylor had the wonderful idea that we should research amazing women and tell each other their stories. And that can be something that we can actively choose to do to combat this feeling of helplessness. And there's nothing that we can do. Fuck yeah, man. But yeah, that's us. And this is what we're doing. And it's a great summary. God, it's such an uplifting part of my week. Great time. I love it. Such a hard. I do too. On that note, Taylor, when was your babe born? My babe was born in 1910. I am just barely going first. Oh, really? Oh, my God. I I had a moment where I thought you were going to say, oh, mine too. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, we've never. (laughs) I know. I did think about no, I squeaked in underneath you in 1908. Damn. Okay, great. This is great news. All right. Okay. Let me let me get to my storytelling stance. I say that like I'm standing up. I'm absolutely not. Tell me I'm wearing. Story. I'm actually wearing my Homer sweatpants and some green fuzzy socks. Cause... Oh my god. The only reason that I'm not wearing my Homer sweatpants is because I'm wearing an Eeyore onesie. Which is fair. Because that's what I was for Halloween, but I don't have any photos to post because the only time that I wore it, I was the drunk. Yeah, you were. So. And I got an adorable drunk text. It was precious. Oh, yeah. Oh, it yeah. It was so good. I loved it. <laughs> I loved well, it. Be prepared because it might happen again tomorrow. Who knows? Beautiful. I love it. Also, anyone listening, if you ever get drunk and you need somebody to, to send a text to, please let it be me. Oh my God, I, or me. Either of us volunteers tribute for I adore texts. reading those. And I am never awake when people send them to me because I go to bed super early these days. 
But I love That's my favorite thing up. about drunk texting you is that I know that because like legit dude, like you and Jill, I think are the only people that I enjoy drunk texting because both of you guys are just so like, yeah, okay, this is what we're doing now. We're talking to drunk Taylor, who's just I a lot. adore so. it and it's so wholesome and I love waking up to aggressive love. <laughs> Yeah, it's always like, fuck you. You're the best. It's the best way to start your day. I tell you what. (laughs) Really, really builds you up. Okay. So, Taylor. Oh, I should also say, happy Alaska Native Heritage Month and Native American Heritage Month. Fucking hell yeah, bud. Hell yeah, bud. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Have you ever heard of a woman named Mary Golda Ross? Um, yes, but I cannot tell you a single thing about her other than that I know that name. Fan-freaking-tastic. <laughs> because I can tell you everything about her. Okay. Great. <clears throat> so Mary was born, oh my gosh, Taylor, this is so strange. Mary <laughs> was born on August 9th, 1908. <gasps> oh my God. Otherwise known yep. as my birthday. But Your like- birthday! <laughs> So much earlier than when I was born. <laughs> yeah, you were in 1910. We've already been over this. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Joke's on you guys. Remarkably old. Really fucking old. All of these stories this whole time you've just been telling from memory. <laughs> oh, my God. My dream. <laughs> That's what I fucking wish. Uh, that'd be so good. Even Tomiris. All from memory. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh-huh. <clears throat> All right, so Mary's born on your birthday in 1908 in Park Hill, Oklahoma. She is a member of Cherokee Nation. Her mom was named Mary Henriette Moore Ross, one of those four namers. Yep, classic. And her dad, I cannot tell if this is a joke or not, but her dad's name was William Wallace. Oh, man. Apparently. So who's to say? Her great-great-grandfather on her mother's side was Chief John Ross, who's like one of the most famous Cherokee chiefs in written history, I guess, in Western history. He was one of the longest ruling chiefs. And unfortunately, he was the one that was forced to lead his people during the Trail of Tears. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, So that's her great-great-grandfather direct line. Yeah. Um, So the Cherokee are brilliant and super dope and they hold equal importance on educating boys and girls cool and so yeah right um mary super loved math like from an early age she just it made sense to her she loved it and she showed a lot of promise so she went to live with her grandparents in tahlequah which was the cherokee nation capital of the time Okay. It might still be, but I'm not sure. I should have looked that up. Whoops. Um, and a lot of times she was the only girl in her math class. But they said that she held her own, but that doesn't even make – she was smarter than most of the boys. So I don't like the phrase held her own because she was better. Right. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> that makes it sound like the boys have like a standard that she has to meet when in she, fact like she, yeah she they need to standard. Like, get on her level yeah exactly exactly yeah, yeah I feel you so she graduated high school at 16 because super freaking smart wow um, and then she graduated northeastern northeastern state college at 20 in 1928 with a bachelor's degree in mathematics fun fact Less than 2% of women had a bachelor's degree at the time. Yeah. Let alone in fucking mathematics. In mathematics. Yeah. And she is just destroying everybody. So she becomes a teacher during the Great Depression. She was teaching math and science in rural Oklahoma. I hate the word rural. (laughs) Just... Saying it, it is the way it sounds. One of my favorite words, specifically because no one can say it. It's but especially awful. not sweet Evan Dodd. <laughs> it's very similar to McLaughlin. Oh, that was for yes. Evan. It's oh. a 
beautiful thing to watch Evan Dodd try and say. Rural. He just slowly descends into madness. The more. Oh God, it's so good. It's so good. good. That's pretty good. Anyway, so she taught math and science out in the boonies in Oklahoma during the Great Depression. But during that time, she was also taking summer courses to get her master's degree. So then in 1938, she graduated from Colorado State with her master's, again in mathematics, and she took every astronomy class that they had because she just completely fell in love with the stars. Wow. Yeah. So because she's brilliant at math and because she has this awesome Cherokee heritage, she began working for the Bureau of Indian Affairs in Washington, D.C. as a statistical clerk, which I'm not super positive what that means. Um. But then in 1937, she was reassigned and she became an advisor to an American Indian boarding school in Santa Fe, New Mexico. And while she was there, I read a couple of accounts that like her family kind of downplayed their Cherokee heritage when she was growing up. And so then when she got to the boarding school and started working with Native American youth, that was when she was like, no, this is something that we need to be proud of. This is something that, you know. Mm -hmm. And it just became more of a um, a priority, I guess. Yeah. Um, so 1941, the war, she moved to California so that she could help with the war effort. And in 1942, she was hired as a mathematician by a company called Lockheed. And Lockheed was like the premier math science engineering company they were making planes they were making missiles they were just like lockheed of like lockheed martin maybe there's a company named lockheed martin maybe but i don't know what they do or now <laughs> let's just move on okay cool lockheed so <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe it's the same maybe it's different who knows who knows um, while she was there, she helped to develop the P-38 Lightning fighter plane, which is one of the fastest at the time. It was over 400 miles an hour, and it almost broke the sound barrier. Wow. That was for you, Dad. Love you. Um, her job was to solve design issues, solve design issues for high-speed flight. And issues of aeroelasticity. What is that? What does that mean? Boy, I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> Do you have an answer for me? Kind of. Okay. So there's a diagram and everything that I copied onto my notes, and I still don't <laughs> super get it. You have inertia, and you have aerodynamics. And then on the other side of the triangle, you have elastic. Uh, so okay. these three things. Is that like the in between of like, nope, never mind. I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. Because like I get inertia, aerodynamics. Yeah. I know what it is. Yeah. And then elastic comes into it, and so all I could think of is like, aerodynamic. So pants. something's aerodynamic. It's flowing a certain way, and air is flowing over it smoothly, right? Y- yes. Because it's aerodynamic. Sure. Yes. So if air is flowing over it smoothly, maybe the elastic is like whenever that thing is gone and the air refills that space or. That is a lot smarter of a guess than I had. I have no idea. But apparently aeroelasticity is the study of like the flow of how all those three things work together. Wow. I think. This is why I love learning about smart people because I don't have the knowledge to even really understand what they are super smart about. So it just makes them so much smarter to me and I love it. That they can work on. And this is 1942. That's even more impressive. I just, I can't, I don't. Yeah. Okay. Man. Um, so God, while scientists are the coolest they're people. so cool. So while she's studying aeroelasticity, she is using that study and kind of already thinking of interplanetary space flight. 
She said, quote, if I had mentioned it in 1942, my credibility would have been questioned. And so that makes me think, like, what other ideas did other women have that, like, I I agree with her. I think that if she had mentioned that, they would have been like, you're crazy, blah, 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 blah. You know, like, she played it very smart. But it just makes me think, like, what other ideas have been stifled because we as a culture have not. See, it makes me think of, like, okay, what ideas are currently floating out there that people are like, no, no. They're not yeah. ready for this. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's what that makes me think of. Is yeah. Like, Ew. Like, what thing? But it just makes, like, I wish that we were more open and encouraging of people with bonkers ideas. Yeah. Because time and time again, it has proved they are not bonkers. Mm-hmm. You know? So, after the war, Lockheed kept her on, which they made a big deal. They were like, that's very unusual at the time because most women got fired because the men were back. And that just really irritates me. Um, But they they kept her on because she's, you know, brilliant and they needed her. And they sent her to UCLA to get professional certification in engineering. And while she was there, she studied three things, aeronautics, missiles, and my favorite thing that I've ever heard of in my entire life, celestial mechanics. Oh, my God. Because that makes me think of. Thor working on a car or <laughs> some sort of interplanetary <laughs> that is vehicular device. The best mental image that I've ever heard. <laughs> so she's studying Viking lore. <laughs> yeah. Great. <laughs> I, wish, I wish it'd be so great, man. I like to think that if she was hearing this, she would just be like, these ladies, they don't even fucking know. <laughs> and we're like, no, we do not. <laughs> you are correct. You're a lot cooler than us. <laughs> Celestial mechanics, my dude. <laughs> um, so in 1952, Lockheed started a super secret group of brilliant people that somehow got the name Skunk Works. Because that was the name of like a cartoon um, bootleggery or something. Okay. You know, but it it, like the term came to be known as a group with autonomy that basically wasn't hampered by bureaucracy. They could do whatever they want because they're all brilliant and everything's classified. Wow. And Mary was the only woman out of the 40 employees assigned to Skunk Works. I was just about to ask, like, how many other women were on that? Uh, There was technically one other woman worked with the group, but she was the secretary. Um, she was the only like engineer that was female and she was the only native American person. Damn. Hired in skunk works. Yeah. Um, so they're working on really cool, casual, simple (laughs) things that I understand. Um, totally. Basically they're laying down the preliminary design concepts for, you know, interplanetary space travel and, um, both man and unmanned earth orbiting flights They were working on the early studies of satellite development, both for, like, civilian use and defense. Oh, my God. The most casual. Mm Mm-hmm. And then she worked on the Agena Rocket Project. Rock Project. The, (laughs) um, and basically laid the groundwork for flyby missions to Venus and Mars, both, like, data-gathering probes and manned missions that still haven't come to fruition wow she was laying down the groundwork in the 50s what the fuck because she was so she's working on the um formula for velocity and the propulsion that it would take not only to get out of our hemisphere hemisphere oh my god I got you. (laughs) I've never sounded more stupid in my entire life. Excuse you. Um, I'll have you know that when you said hemisphere, I literally was like, damn, that sounds really good. I wouldn't have even noticed. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, she was working on the propulsion to get to South America. Um, Anyway, to get out of our sphere. Let's just say that. The Earth, the sphere. Like the Atmos? The Atmos. The Bios. You know. <laughs> All of the spheres. All the spheres. She's getting out of them. She's done with them. 
She is later dazing all of these spheres. (laughs) So yeah, she's like, she's working on the propulsion to get out, but then also the propulsion to get to Venus. You know, like. It's cool as shit. She's so smart. And she, the, uh, the tools that she was using were a slide ruler and a Frieden computer, a Frieden computer, which was basically like a very large old school calculator that was the like state of the art calculating technology in 1934 when it was developed. Wow. So, you know, can't imagine it helped a ton. Right. But, um, and then she also worked on, you know, the weight and the pressure of waves and how that affected underwater propelled missiles so that they could go straight and not be hindered by what she's just, she's so freaking smart. Wow. Um, so then she helped write NASA's interplanetary flight handbook for whenever we get to that point, there's a handbook and she wrote it. Great. Helped, helped write it. Excuse me. Um, and then sometime in the fifties, she joined the society of women engineers, which to this day is still one of the best advocates for women in technical fields. Um, In 1958, she appeared on a show called What's My Line that was an old game show. Version of Whose Line Is It Anyway? I wish. (laughs) But no. They mean like line of work, not line. Not like actors. Right. Calling line. Right. What a compelling TV show that would be. Just line. Oh my God. I would fucking love that. I would just sit there and bask <laughs> in those actors being like, uh, uh, la, line, line. Oh my God. Don't break character. That's um, my dream. No, but basically this one <laughs> was, they would have a panel of celebrities and a worker, a non-celebrity, someone that they had found would come forward and the celebrities would ask them yes or no questions. And then they had to guess their job. Oh my God. Fun. That sounds like such a fun show. Yeah. It apparently took these celebrities forever to guess her job. (laughs) Did they even guess it? Or were they like, I don't know. You like work with like space stuff. (laughs) They eventually got there. Wow. More or less. But like it, it really, it really stumped them for quite some time. You can watch it on YouTube. It's a good time. Can you? Um, oh, yeah. Great. Um, so in the late 60s, she became a senior advanced system staff engineer. Whew. Um, and she was working on the Poseidon and the Trident missiles and the Polaris reentry vehicle. And then in 1973, she retired to Los Altos, California, and began work recruiting women and Native American youth to work in technical slash engineering fields. Wow. Yeah. Which, side note, a um, couple years later, I don't know the exact date because I'm the worst daughter, but a couple years later is when my mom started working for NASA. Oh, my God. Wow. Um. I always get like super excited when I read about the space race and just like all the space and NASA things in the seventies. Cause I'm like, mom, um, speaking of brilliant women. Okay. Seriously. So in 1992, she was inducted into the Silicon Valley engineering council hall of fame. And then when she was 96 years old, she attended the opening of the national museum of American Indian in Washington, DC and she was wearing a classic Cherokee dress that was green calico, and her niece made it for her. Oh, my God. I know. Oh, my God. Um, she died in 2008, a couple months shy of turning 100. And when she died, she left an endowment of $400,000 to the National Museum of American Indian. Wow. Yeah. Holy uh, shit. Yeah. When she was asked about her life, she said that she linked so much of her success to the early years when and the Cherokee people placing equal value on boys and girls education. Because, yeah. Yeah. You know. Um, Yeah. And then she said, quote, to function efficiently in today's world, you need math. 
The world is so technical. If you plan to work in it, a math background will let you go farther faster. And I really think that's why I'm not going anywhere. Get out of here. Oh, my God. <laughs> I will aggressively be your hype man right now. No, I'm just really, really stoked for calculators because I use it for everything. I mean, honestly, though, like calculators, man, there's never been a better invention. Because she's right. Like, yeah, math is in every single thing we do. And if it wasn't in my pocket. Yeah, I don't I don't know what I would do. This is the person who failed college algebra multiple times. <laughs> Not just once. No, no, no. Multiple times. Yeah, I my mom always laughs because um my dad and I are exactly the same where like I really like math and am pretty good at math and like dropped out of calculus three because I was like this fucking sucks but like otherwise like calc made sense to me and stuff but like if you ask me to do any just basic math I have to pull out my phone like like tip anything I can't do it I cannot do it in my head I don't tip is the only thing that I can do because I calculated what it should be for so long yeah like whenever I would look at a receipt and be like come on my dude yeah Move yeah. decibel, multiply it by two, and round up. That's true. Um, yeah. But anytime it's like 40% off, I'm like, okay, so that's almost half of it gone, but not quite. Yeah, that's so my exact thinking, where I'm just always just like, less mm, than half of it gone. That is almost half of it. <laughs> if it's like 20% off or something, I'm like, this is less than what it says on the tag. Yeah. <laughs> and that is about the most that I know. 10% off. I'm like, I got, there's basically, there's no tax. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I can round down on the cents and, uh, <laughs> that's about it. And there it is. Um, so in 2018, Mary Golda Ross was the Google doodle Cute. <laughs> on August 9th. And Cute. then I know, um, in 2019, she was inducted into the Women in Aviation International website or legacy, or I'm not really sure on that one. Um, but she was also, so on the Chicago We A Dollar coin, yeah. she was on the flip side in 2019, and the design is so cool. I'm going to post a picture of it because it's like, her with her slide ruler and a piece of paper and a pencil. And then there's like a bunch of clouds behind her. And the, um, the formula for velocity is written in the clouds. And then there's a shuttle and an astronaut. And it's just, it's really a beautiful, a beautiful tribute. And I love it a lot. Um, but fun fact, most of her papers and work from the skunk works era on missiles is still classified to this day. Cool. Right? That's the coolest thing you've ever told me. Because she was so advanced. I love it so much. Um, And that is the story of Mary Golda Ross, yet another hidden figure. Jeez. Good work. Holy shit. She is so smart, and I understand none of it. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Um, To source my shit, I had... Three three main articles that I read, Wikipedia for, you know, whatever. Um, and then a woman named Jenny Howard wrote a article for MassiveScience.com that was really fun and super informative. But I got most of my information from AmericanIndianMagazine.org, and it was written by Herman Viola. Nice. And that dude, that dude, like dove deep into her life. That's where I got most of this stuff. That's awesome. I love when you find just like a really great deep dive article. Yeah, it was, it was really great because most websites tell you the same information over and over and over. Yeah. And so it's great to find an article that like really, really did their research. Um, Oh, also she was the first native aerospace engineer. Wow. 
casual. Fun fact. Yeah. And that's uh, that's my story. That's my babe this week. Good work. Thanks, dude. I'm going to get comfy. Yeah, please do. Uh, 1910, let's do this. Um. Okay. Well, see, it's good timing because my lava lamp finally is heated up enough to be a lava lamp rather than just like a little weird plastic bulb at the bottom the mound yep um so good timing um reagan james yes taylor campbell have you ever heard of annie dodge Wanaka? i have not great Me i was either. also really hoping that you were gonna say annie dodd Wanaka. oh my god <laughs> i thought it was gonna happen that would have been great um okay so i got i had never heard of her either and um, I was reading a Hello Giggle article <laughs> about it, there's, I don't know, some website called Hello Giggle that. Are you required to giggle afterwards? Because that was the cutest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> that was so precious. I don't know. I feel like you probably should, though, right? It makes sense. Anyway, she was listed as like, I bet you haven't heard of this lady, but you probably should. And I was like, you're right. And also, you're still right on the second part of that. So, <laughs> also, you keep being right. Keep so. being right. Hello, giggle article. So, um, okay, great. So, Annie Wanaka was born in 1910 in Arizona. Her dad was Henry Chi Dodge. He was a super, super wealthy Navajo tribal leader. Um, he was chief. He was the first president of the Navajo Nation's Legislative Tribal Council. And so he, in that position, served as a liaison between the Navajo people and the U.S. government. So, like, her dad was, like, hot shit. Like, he, yeah, like, dude. was doing shit all over, all over the place. So he would roll around to all the different parts of the Navajo Nation, which included parts of Arizona, New Mexico, Utah, and Colorado. And so it's, like, a pretty big area. Yeah. And he would go and he would meet with different um, – areas like tribal councils and they would like talk about the issues and stuff that that the area was facing and so she tagged along with him like when she was a little kid so like she was immediately exposed to public service and the politics of the whole thing although not politics in in like 2019 terms because no yeah yeah, 2019 term politics is hot trash but like it doesn't mean anything anymore it's just chaos right um and so when she was eight she went to a government-run boarding school called fort defiance in arizona which like cool name yeah it's a dope Um, name (laughs) so she um right off the bat this is like this the point that all of the articles that I read about her kicked off is when she was eight because the first year that she's at Fort Defiance, she, the school gets hit with the Spanish flu and like a really horrible epidemic of it. Like I read one article that said that thousands of kids died, including like staff members, but I don't, I didn't see that number anywhere else. Everywhere else just said like a fuckload of people died. Um, and Annie got the flu, but not really badly. So she ended up getting better and then she had like kind of a resistance to it. So when she's eight, she stays at the school and like helps people who Uh. still have the flu and like is going around and making sure that people who can't feed themselves are getting food. She's like a fucking like little kid. Yeah, like, dude. think about what you were doing when you were eight. Let's see, eight was third grade. Uh, I had broken my wrist um, the year before. And then when it was in a cast, I played basketball with my brother and broke it again. <laughs> so it healed wrong. So then I go, I had to go have surgery where they broke it again. And then just, like, gave me a really stern talking to about not playing basketball in a cast. (laughs) So I was in a cast for a full year because I was a stupid idiot. Well, if it helps, when I was eight, 
we went to Albuquerque and it was like the only time that I've ever seen Albuquerque like kind of frosty. And we went to a playground and my hand slipped on the monkey bars and I fell straight on my arm and then just laid on the ground for like 10 minutes and my mom thought I was dead. (laughs) So... That's exactly how I broke it the first time. (laughs) Oh, my God. Amazing. True story. So you and I were not taking over the world. No. Um, I can't even nurse myself back to health. Anyway. Annie Waneka was taking over the world when she's eight. So I said after this bummer of a time, she goes to another boarding school in Albuquerque. Um, So she's at Fort Defiance for like four years. Then she goes to Albuquerque and... She meets sweet George Waneka, and he's just like this other kid that's at this boarding school, and they end up getting married in 1929, and then, like, every article just talks about, like, what a great supportive husband he was, like, the whole time that they were married. They met when they were 12? Yeah, dude. Oh, my God. I know. I know. (laughs) I know. I know. It's the best. So, um... So after she graduates, she's still like doing these tours with her dad. So after seeing the the firsthand flu epidemic, she's a lot more aware of the Navajo living conditions and the health issues that were addressing her people mm-hmm. and the reasons behind them. So while she's on her travels, she would attend tribal council meetings where she would like speak out about public health and like sanitation things that like needed to be happening. So this is in like the early thirties. So she is like hyper aware that the only way to change the living conditions and the sanitation standards is education. So she goes, she gets her degree in public health from the university of Arizona. Meanwhile, Her dad dies in 1947, Um, but that didn't stop Annie from still going to all of these meetings. Like it didn't really change her routine at all. So she's still going around and she's still like speaking about these issues at all of these tribal council meetings. She ends up running for a position on the uh, Navajo Nation Tribal Council in 1951, and she becomes the second woman ever elected. Um, She's up for re-election twice. She wins both times. And one of those, (laughs) one of those that she wins against is sweet George, her husband, (laughs) (laughs) which I love. And like every article pointed out, like, yeah, she won twice. And one of them was George. That's the most Parks and Rec thing I have ever heard. I know. I know. And I love it hard. I love it. So um, meanwhile, like the two of them just in their like personal lives, they end up having like eight kids. Oh my. And George would frequently be like, yeah, no, like I'll, I'll like stay back so you can like go and change the world. Like he was totally Beautiful. just the best. Yeah. So, um, so in the fifties, TB is a big deal, clearly. Um, And it becomes a public health crisis for the Navajo in 1953. Annie is all about it. And like on top of it, she spends months learning about the TB epidemic at the U.S. Public Health Service and then takes all of that knowledge home and applies it. So she works really hard to teach people about public health and sanitation. She has a radio program that airs every Sunday that she broadcasts in the Navajo language to talk about health and sanitation. And like, she was a big um, proponent of modernizing homes, like getting wood floors in and getting like modern plumbing in as a way to improve that sanitation. Um, She was the first person to make an English Navajo dictionary so that traditional healers and medical doctors could finally have like a joint language because she like really didn't want to, take away the clout and the respect of the healers. Yeah. But was also like, yeah, but like also these medical doctors have a lot of information to offer us. And so if we write them off entirely, we're losing out on an entire, I don't know, catalog of knowledge that we've gained about these diseases. So she figures out a way to like kind of bridge that gap, which is so fucking cool. Um, yeah, because then the doctors would also be losing out 
on the wealth of information that the Navajo healers have. Totally. And so just sharing information can only be good. Right. Right. Yeah. A hundred percent. So she also begins teaching about um, the flu itself and like all the symptoms and like kind of things that you can do to stave off the flu. She teaches about drug and alcohol use, tuberculosis and trachoma, which I don't really know what that is, but it's a disease um, that was sounds rough, terrible. So um, Annie also serves on the national advisory boards for both the U S surgeon general and the U S public health service. So she's like doing like national shit, like teaching the entire country, let alone her own people about like, Hey, here's how we could all avoid these terrible diseases. Also, does she have any free time? Right? Like, what the fuck? Are you kidding me? What are you doing? It's it, it blows me away. You know. Also, I looked it up, and trachoma is a bacterial infection that affects the eyes and leads to blindness. Oh my god, that's terrible! And thank you for doing my research for me. <laughs> Got you. So. She, in 1959, she receives the Arizona State Public Health Association's Outstanding Worker in Public Health Award, which I said was the longest name for an award that's ever been made. Quite possibly, yeah. Um, But pretty fucking cool. And that same year, she receives the Indian Council Fire Achievement Award, which her dad had also received while he was alive doing Uh, kind of the same thing. I know. I know. I know. Um, she receives two honorary doctorate degrees. I couldn't really tell you from where because one source said the University of Albuquerque and the University of New Mexico. Those are the same thing. Mm. And then one said that they were both from Arizona. So were they the same thing back then? Ooh. Because they might have been two different universities at the time, that and just then they started. merged into one. That's super possible. I'm not now. sure. I'm not sure. Who knows? Either way, she got two honorary doctorate degrees, Dope. which is pretty cool. That's um, very cool. Her work, I mean, like, I don't even have a single regular degree. I mean, no, I have a degree. <laughs> I was like, wait, yes, you do. Hang on, let me roll this back. I don't have a single regular doctorate degree. So impressive. Uh-huh. Um, so her work on the Surgeon General's Advisory Board earned her the Presidential Presidential Medal of Freedom in 1963. Fun fact. Oh. It was awarded to her in 1963 by JFK, but then JFK got shot. So it was actually ceremonially given to her in 1964 by Lyndon B. Johnson. So she kind of got it from two presidents. Wowzers. Um, she was the first Native American person to ever get this award. And it is Are the highest serious? award. Yeah, it's the highest award that can be given to a American citizen. She was the first? The first. Man or woman. Wow. First Native American. Yeah, that is very, very, very cool for her. And really, really gross. And really, really, really gross that not. Yeah. Yeah. So in 1984, the Navajo Nation declared Annie, quote, our legendary mother and gave her the Navajo Medal of Honor. Ugh. I know. She's been inducted into the National Women's Hall of Fame, too. So She's like a fucking huge deal. Like, she's a big deal. That was in 2000, I believe. Well, um, I mean, if you think about how many lives she saved by oh my God. educating Millions. people. Oh, my God. Millions. Yeah. Um, so George died in 1994 and Annie died in 1997 of Alzheimer's. And she left behind a huge legacy. Um I think that the best way to round it out, there's a quote on the National Women's Hall of Fame website that says, quote, all recognize that through her efforts in education and health, the lives of every Navajo, as well as the nation at large, have been improved. Ugh. That's beautiful. I know. She's the best. And, like, oh, God, all the, like, photos of her, she's just so cute and just, like, so, I mean, she, like, gave her entire life to, like, help her people and help 
the country as a whole like be healthy because she saw this horrible thing happen when she was eight. Also, I cannot stop thinking about her getting the same award that her dad got. I I know. I would sob. I know. Like, especially with being raised in that kind of really awesome, encouraging and empowering like way. she just like, took her around with him everywhere that he went. Like from when, like when she was a little tiny kid. Oh. And yeah. then to do to essentially go in the same field, yes, in different ways, but like they both worked to help their people. Mm-hmm. And they both with uh, mm-hmm. my heart. Mm-hmm. I know, I know. So um, let me real quick source my shit. Um, so a big one was the National Women's Hall of Fame. Um, UtahWomensHistory.org has a really amazing article about her. And it's fun, too, because, like, she the, – the Navajo Nation is such a large area that, like, multiple different states have websites dedicated to her. Wow. which I think is really cool because I got some information from utahwomenshistory.org and then also from New Mexico Historic Women Marker Initiative. Um, there's the New York Times obituary from 97 from Wolfgang Saxon. And then there's this really incredible article or this like whole website called America Comes Alive. And it's run by this lady named Kate Kelly. And there's just like a little thing at the top with her face that just says like, hi, I'm Kate Kelly and I run this website because I want people to be stoked about America. And like, it's just very cute. Yeah. So that had a lot of information too. Bless that Um, And that is my sourced shit for my story about Annie Dodge Waneka. Man. What a great lady. Great lady. So cool. A great lady. Speaking of great ladies. Do you want to tell me who your lady of the week is? I do. Um, I am taking a page out of your book from last week. And my lady of the week is actually just a babe of the week. Okay. Because I've been trying to think of, of like my week and like the people that have empowered me and made me feel the best this week. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it 100% hands down has to be sweet Evan hands down. It has to be Evan. He has been just the best. Um, So Monday, this upcoming Monday is going to make seven months for this migraine. And then with the car wreck and like me being so sore last week and then just still dealing with stuff from that, like, He's just been the best, and, like, this week has been um, tough, and he made the point to, like, make sure that I was eating all week and, like, told me on Monday that he just – his whole job is to make sure that I feel supported and loved, and, like, just Um. everybody should get themselves an Evan because he's the best, and, like, I'm just so – stoked all the time that like I married that dude because I think that dude is pretty cool and like it's pretty cool that that dude thinks that I'm pretty cool (laughs) it's just all pretty cool also your wedding was pretty cool yeah that and it was a fun time and like we've got a great time dumb cats just like I don't know like I'm just super um stoked to like have that dude that's really my, awesome. like sounding board on like all of this. It's yeah. Cool. That's really awesome. Yeah. So I think he has to be my lady of the week. I love that. Mm-hmm. Who's your lady of the week? My lady got me through this week. Um, my lady of the week is, I don't even know her last name. She is Adrian of yoga with Adrian. Oh, the best. Because, so, you know, I try and do it. I, tr- I try to do it every day and that doesn't happen, but I do it, you know, multiple times a week. And it's, it's always, even the videos that I've done before, whenever I circle back to them, I'm always in a different place and I'm always 
it's always new. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I have never, ever been one of those people that's been super in tune with my own body. Like, I've never been like, wow, my head hurts. I should drink more water. Like, I don't know. I've never been like that. And so I'm trying to take the time and the effort to pay attention and listen to what my body is telling me. And she is a very good guide and encourager in that way. Um, she doesn't tell you how necessarily she just, you know, will toss something out there and then throw out like a, whatever that means to you, you know, like, mm-hmm. and it just makes you, it makes you think about it. And today, the end of this very long, stressful week, I chose to do a, um, a video called, uh, rooted in gratitude Oh my God. That's and it was, my favorite thing about yoga with Adrian is that that's how she labels all of her videos. Cause then it kind of makes me think too of like, I need that. That's exactly how I choose them. Yeah. And it was the best. Ugh. It was so good. And it wasn't like a really hard workout or anything. It was just kind of like getting in touch, getting in contact, like circling it back in to the root of who you are and you know how she always does the like breathe lots of love in breathe lots of love out yes yes which I adore um today was a lot of like breathe a lot of gratitude in be thankful for what you have be thankful for the body that you have be thankful for this time that you have be thankful for this moment and it was so it was so great And it was exactly what I needed. And it always is every single time. It's always like there's something in it that is exactly what I need right at that moment. Mm -hmm. Um, And I really love it. And I think that she is doing a wonderful work by offering all of these free videos on YouTube to whoever wants to learn and wants to like learn the art of yoga, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I really need to work on not having my ladies of the week be so long winded because I always end up going. (laughs) Excuse you. How dare you even say this to me? Do you know that like the ladies of the week are like the one part of this show that I like don't really edit very much because like there are ladies of the week for a reason. And I want to like hear why, you know? Well, that's beautiful. Thank you. (laughs) Um, Wow, this is great. This was a great time. As always. As per usual. How would you spell use? I have this problem. <laughs> I want to say every week. I think about I, it all the time. I want to text it, and then I don't. Because Same. If, if it's just U-S-E, then it's just use. Do you know what like I think? Use. What? I think U-J-E. Okay, I can get behind U-J-E. Huge. I right? just always end up giving up and saying the usual. I know, me too. And then I sound like such a square. I'm I'll like, no. The usual, please. I'm like, no. I'm trying to sound like hip and cool and say huge, but like, it always makes me think of it because there's an episode of How I Met Your Mother where Marshall says huge, and I always am like, how was that written in the script? How was that written in the script? If how any of was our that listeners to where he was like. Oh, a script. <laughs> right. Of that really specific How I Met Your Mother scene. Where that is all so that, that you have screenshot. to go off of. Because I don't remember what. Anyway, we're on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, send us that screenshot of that script on Twitter. Send it to us. Slide into our, our Instagram DMs. Send it to us on our Gmail. Everything is at BabetownPod. And yeah. we would love to hear from you. We would love to interact with you we would love to talk about dope ladies or what maybe we should change the name of that instead of like lady of the week we should change it to like what some some cool name for like what inspired you the most or got you through the week you know what i mean yeah so there's I'm on board that. With that. and also like if you wanted to subscribe and Give us a little a little rating or a little review on wherever you 
get your podcasts and help other people find us. And it super helps out. Like I know that you hear that everywhere that you listen to your podcast where people are like, Oh my God, rate and review. But like, I mean, come I on, do you it guys. For a reason. like just do it. You're already listening to it. It helps strangers find it. And then maybe they might find it uplifting and empowering. And that would be great. It'd be fun. It'd be so. really fun. Um, I love you. I love you. And I love this. (laughs) I love this. Um, And I will talk to you next week. Yeah. I hope you have a better week. Thanks. You too. Thanks. Let's, how about we make our week start right now so that this kicks off our week. I love it. Yeah. This is a great kickoff. Okay, great. Have a great week that starts on a Friday afternoon. It's definitely a night. (laughs) 10 p.m. (laughs) It's fine. Um, I will, and I hope you do the same. Great. I will. I love you. Okay. Bye. Bye.